can I just get everyone to pray? Um, you're starting back at school tomorrow? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, I just sensed at the front that the Lord wants me to pray for your families. There's situations where there's worry about your future. I don't know what it is, but I just really sense that the Holy Spirit saying it's okay. Um, so let's pray all together. I'm going to pray. Father, I just pray for every family represented in this room. God, I just pray that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Lord, I just pray for decisions that need to be made in families right now. And God, I just pray, guide them with your wisdom. Lord, even those that do not know you, I pray for parents that do not know you. Lord, I pray that you would surround them with Christians. God, I pray, surround them with Christians, wise Christians in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray even for their salvation. God, I just pray for uncles and aunties, for grandparents, for parents. Lord, for those that are connected with our families. Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you that today is a day of salvation. We ask that you would move on our behalf in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Awesome. The reason why I pray that is um, I've been praying for my friend who I've known for like over 30 years. We've known each other in um, intermediate. And I've been praying, like the prayer journey has been really long. So I got saved at 14. Um, and she, I dragged her along to church like every opportunity I had. And she'd come to church. Uh, she gave her heart to Jesus probably when she was 16, uh, which was really cool. Uh, but her family were Mormon. And so they said, oh, you know, you need to do a mission, blah, blah, blah. So she kind of went that path. I went the born-again Christian path. And every five years we would catch up. Um, but our paths have been, like, probably far apart. But um, it's amazing how when you pray God surround those people with Christians, like good Christians, not like, you know, the ones that are wallies or anything. But um, I would pray that over my friend. Um, and uh, she, the last time I saw her was at Shout Conference, probably 2015. Um, and that's where her neck and her back got totally healed. And she gave her heart to Jesus at Shout Conference 2015, then disappeared. So she moved out of Auckland. I didn't know what had happened to her. Um, and then I got a message from James Roy, who's our pastor in Equippers Wanganui. And he said, oh, I was speaking at a, uh, just a council meeting in Wanganui, and uh, your friend Tammy came up to me. And she's been the friend that I've been praying for. So, you know, she's been on a journey, and he just said she just opened up to me and said, I was part of Equippers in Auckland years ago. And so don't give up hope when you're praying for people because there's a journey of prayer when you're praying for your friends and family members. Sometimes it can look like they're going the opposite direction, but God has them. God's sovereign and God is big. And so if you're praying for like a family member, friend, I just want to encourage you, keep praying for them. Keep praying that they will get connected with people of faith. Keep praying that they will... Uh, you know, uh, encounter the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that even tonight that your hunger for the Holy Spirit, your hunger for the Word of God would increase. Uh, Sam and I went overseas for two months and we kind of left really tired. I was so tired. I was like, oh man. 
And I started to think, oh, you know, like, this is going to be a nice break, but it wasn't anyway. But we, we started visiting churches, so we went to the church in Slovakia, and they've been under communism for years. And so hearing stories from Marta's father who, uh, you know, led a church movement under communism where they were not allowed to meet, where they would get arrested if they had church. And so hearing the stories that he would share about, you know, like we would have underground church. And it just made me think, am I that hungry? Am I really hungry for the presence of God? You know, there are signs when you are hungry. You get brain fog, you get a bit irritable, you get hangry. And, you know, because there's an absence of food. But what happens when we have the absence of the presence of God in our life? And that's what I want to challenge us. Forget not his benefits. In, in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then it says, Forget not his benefits. What are his benefits? His benefits is that he forgives us of all our sins. He heals all our diseases. Now, God reminded me of a story that happened years ago. My friend who uh, kind of comes to church on and off, she rang me one day and she said, Kathy, can you pray for my friend's son? And I said, yeah, sure. And she said, he's 28 years old. He's been diagnosed with tongue cancer. Um, he doesn't really have a high chance of living. Can you pray for him? And I'm like, oh, okay. So she tells me this. And the reason why I'm sharing this is I want to release faith in you because nothing is too hard for God. His benefits are healing. And so my friend brought in her uh, friend's son. He's not a Christian. He came to our Create um, night. It was a Wednesday night. It was out in South Auckland. And uh, he, you know, this guy was brought up in private school. He lived in Remuera. So when I told him it was in South Auckland, he was like, oh, okay, you know, like, shall I lock my car, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he, he turns up to this, um, this create night, and he didn't know what to expect. But when he walked in, he was shaking. He was shaking because he said, oh, there's something that I can feel. And my friend, who's not really a Christian, said to him, well, that's the Holy Spirit. So he walks in, and I remember that immediately when he walked into the room, God just said to me, you tell him that he will be totally healed. Now, you know, like it's easy for the Holy Spirit to tell you, but for you to say it is really hard. So I had to conjure up the courage to say, hey, mate, you know, God's going to totally heal, heal you. So he comes up, he's crying, he's with his girlfriend who's like looking at everyone like we're all weirdos. And I just said to him, Cain, God is going to totally heal you. You're going to have no residue of cancer. The, the, the tumor in your tongue is going to be isolated and it's going to disappear. So I said that and I didn't have much knowledge of what kind of cancer it was and how far along it was. But he said to me, oh, they've told me it's spread. And I said, well, I don't believe that. God is a God who can heal. So forget not his benefits. Now, I've seen God move, but can he move again in someone who doesn't know Jesus? Yes, he can. And so we prayed for him as a team. Ten days later, we get a phone call from him. He's in hospital and he gets his results. 
He said, you can't, I just can't believe it. He said, the, the cancer um, has, is shrinking. It's been isolated. It, uh, they said it had spread and it didn't. And he said, like you said, God has healed me. And so, yeah, give God a hand. That's God. We can't forget things like that, that God can heal, because sometimes we can forget that when we've been through a pandemic, when we've been through such a hard time as a nation, we've got to remember that he heals all our diseases. He does. Uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer when I was 11. And I remember my mum saying, you need to prepare um, to say goodbye to your father. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, okay, because you know when you're 11, you don't care anyway. So I remember saying to my dad, okay, bye, dad. You know, like I'm 11 years old. But I remember it was a big deal for our family. But my auntie, who was a woman of faith, she said, oh, no, I've got all our prayer warriors. They're all praying for your father. And I didn't know what that meant. But she said, God's going to heal your father. And I remember as an 11-year-old thinking, what? What does that mean? But can I tell you, my dad got totally healed when I was 11 of cancer. That's awesome. So he heals us of all our diseases, but at the age of 23, he got that cancer back, uh, cancer back and he passed away. But I know that eternity is full healing. So we've just got to get a perspective that heaven is our home and that healing is different. You know, it's like, okay, so he's gone home to be with Jesus. But I remember the, part of that, part of the journey of seeing my dad go to heaven, be with Jesus, was I can't be disappointed. And it's like, Kathy, you can't be discouraged by the fact that your dad's gone to be with Jesus. And that's the thing, forget not his benefits. He heals all our diseases and forgives all our sins. Okay, so the scripture that I want to read is Psalm 34 verse 9, and it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And it's funny because it says taste first and then see. I'd rather see what I'm tasting. But that's a journey of faith. When it comes to God, God wants you to taste first and then see. He wants you to say, okay, I'm going to go, I'm be all in in this. I'm tasting. How is your hunger tonight when it comes to the word of God? How, are you hungry? And I've had to ask God that question, am I hungry? When I was overseas and we were in Slovakia and they were sharing these stories, you know, all my problems seemed small. I was like, man, in New Zealand, we've never really been under communism. Well, some people would argue. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, we've never been, you know, arrested because we gathered together as a church. We've never been through that. And I think sometimes we see adversity as the worst thing ever. Like, oh, man, if I have a bad day, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving my faith. And the challenge is adversity draws out the hunger in your life. Uh, Proverbs 27, 7 says, A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. So if you're already full, and I want to challenge you, what are you full of this, you know, today? What are you actually full of? Are you full of yourself? Are you full of it? 
Or do you want the Holy Spirit to fill you? Because blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And that's a promise, that you will be filled. You'll be filled by the power of His Spirit. And that's what I really desire tonight, that when we go into our uh, you know, normal lives, when we go to school, when we go into our workplace, that we're not too familiar with the presence of God, that there's a hunger that draws something out. And I remember my friend would say to me, this is my friend who would ring me and say, you know, Kathy, can you pray for my family? Can you pray for my friends? And I'd be like, why is she always ringing me? But there was a curiosity attached to the hunger that I had in God. Are people curious around you to say, okay, I, wanna, I want what you have. I want the God in your life. So the challenge as a church, are you hungry? And what are you filled with? Because when you're too full, now I know this because I get hangry and I, and I like to eat. Sam, like we're the opposite. He forgets to eat. I don't know if you know people that forget to eat lunch or whatever. He forgets. He can go a whole day without eating. Now, for me, my stomach will growl, and that's how I'll know I'm hungry. Or I'll just walk past the shop, and I'll just stop there and get some food. But, you know, we're the opposites. But how is your appetite? It's like, what are the cues in your spiritual walk with God that says, okay, it's time to pray? Okay, it's time to pick up the word of God. Okay, it's time to share your faith. What are those cues in your life that are saying, it's time to wake up? Are you hungry and what are you filled with? It's like this person was full, filled with, you know, too full to even have honey. They didn't even want any honey because they were too full. And it's like when you're too full of the stuff that's not of God, how can God move in your life? Is there room for him to move? And that's a challenge for me. It was like God was saying, why are you tired, Kathy? Why are you tired? And I'm like, because I'm not hungry. And it was like the Lord was saying to me, you know, when we were overseas, come on, you need to wake up. You need to wake up your faith. Get on your knees and pray. This person was filled with, filled with too much that they couldn't eat. But what I love about the scripture is it says, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. What does that mean? It means that, you know, Romans 8.28 puts it like this. It's like all things work together for good for those that love, love him and are called according to his purpose. So all things work together for good. Even the bitter things are sweet. Even the bitter things in my life have helped me. Even the bitter things in my life have served me and they've become part of my appetite, part of the hunger that I have for the Holy Spirit. Forget not his benefits. I have a really good memory. Um, when I was younger, I had, I, had a, um, I had this crush on this guy in primary school and I remembered where he lived. Hey, not like a stalker. Hey, I was only 10 years old anyway. I'm not like that anymore because I can't remember anything. Anyway, so I remembered his name. We used to walk home from school. We walked the same direction. Um, he was a few years older than me. And um, oh, like three years. Anyway, um, and he saved me from a car trying to run me over. Anyway, 
So he was like the hero of my life. And, but you know, he was like one of those real smarty pants, you know, like real up himself, arrogant. Anyway, but I had this big crush on him and I knew where he lived, knew his name, knew everything about him. And then years later, I hadn't seen him for a long time. And um, my sister married uh, the vicar's son at St. Paul's. And we started this Friday night outreach at the Anglican Church. And it was a Friday night outreach, and, you know, our university students would walk in and go, lame, you're so boring, and we'd get people heckle. And I remember I was singing at the front going, oh, man, this is embarrassing anyway. And my sister said, you have to sing. You're the only one that can sing. So I'd be singing at this outreach, and this guy comes in. There was a full meeting, and he goes, you guys are rubbish. You guys, if, if God's real, then what's my name? And he yells it out. And I saw him. <laughs> and it was that guy that I had a cra- Like, I looked different, you know. Like, I had thick glasses back then. It was like the ugly duckling turned into the swan. Anyway, I said to... Well, you know, I didn't have the glasses. Anyway, so I said to my brother-in-law, his name's Harry. Harry Smith. So I said the name. So my brother-in-law said, your name's Harry Smith. And he stood there and he went, he goes, oh my God. And he goes, how did you know that? And my brother-in-law says, God told me. (laughs) Anyway. And then Harry said, well, if you know my name, then where do I live? And I was like, oh, man, I was giving my brother-in-law all the information. He had a dog. He, you know, I was like, and so my brother, my brother-in-law started feeding this information, and he was like, whoa. And at the end of that meeting, he gave his heart to Jesus. <laughs> But you know, like, it's like, I'm going, man, God, you blessed me with a good memory. Never forget what God has done in your life. (laughs) But I remember, like, that moment, eh, it was just amazing, like, because out of all the hecklers, out of all the people that could disrupt a meeting, it was like God used that moment to save his life. What can God do in your life? What can God remind you? You know, that's a, you know, that's a funny story, but th- like I remember like things like that. I remember small things like that, and I just pray that the Holy Spirit would remind you, probably not of old love stories. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want you anyway. Maybe God wants you to forget some of that stuff, you know, your past anyway. But in that situation, it helped. But God wants to remind you of who you are in him. One of the things that I've been really challenged about is, am I a safe person? And uh, I'm just like, God, am I a safe person? And just challenge me with this. Like, Kathy, do you draw people to Jesus? I'm like, yeah, I try to. Uh, Do you draw people to other people? Do you connect people with the community? Yeah. Number three, do I draw out the destiny of God in people's lives? Yeah. 
And so that's how you know if you're with safe people, are they drawing you to Christ? Or are they drawing you to themselves? Are they pointing you in the direction of this is what the word of God says? Or are they being the one that's like, oh, you, you just need to tell me. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're, when you're a person of faith, people should be pointing you to Christ. Pointing you to Christ, pointing you to a community, not isolating you. The moment, like, you know, I just felt really challenged, like, Kathy, are you bringing unity in every relationship that you have? And that's been the biggest challenge of my life because we get hurt. And we can say things that could, how do I say it? You could say things that could influence someone to not like someone, if you know what I mean. And it's like God saying to me, keep your heart soft. So are you bringing unity in the, relationship, in the relationships that you have? And that's a challenge I want to bring you. Are you a safe person? Do you point people to Christ? Do you point people to a community that can help you? And are you bringing the best out of people? Are you bringing the best that God is destined in them? Are you bringing it out? Or are you just, is it all about you? And that's been the challenge for me. It's like, Kathy, I want you to renew your hunger in me so you're not drawing people to you, that you're not isolating people, but you're bringing the best out of people's lives and hearts. That's a good challenge, isn't it? Are you safe? Am I safe? It's like, God, keep me hungry. I don't want to forget and I don't want to get too familiar with what you're doing in my life. I don't want to be familiar with your presence. When I enter into my workplace, I work for church. So it's like when you walk into church, sometimes you can be a bit ho-hum and be a bit like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. But I want it to be an environment where miracles are released. And so the reason why I shared that story about that guy that got healed with cancer is I pray that when you step into your workplace or school tomorrow, that you would step out in faith and go, okay, God, what are you going to do in my school? What are you going to do in my workplace? Use me. Use me. Um, Keep me hungry, Holy Spirit, but also keep me humble. Um, I think there have been moments where I've just thought I was really awesome, <laughs> but I'm not that awesome anyway. But it's like, keep me hum- uh, humble, Holy Spirit. And um, I just want to finish with this scripture. It's in Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 3, and it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. He's talking about the children of Israel. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way out of the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what is in your heart. And there have been moments, probably in all of our lives, where there's been a testing and there's been a humbling to know what's really in us. And um, my prayer as an equipper's church would be that we would keep hungry, we would stay hungry, that we would be hungry like, just like ravenous when it comes to the presence of God, that when there's the absence of his presence, it's like, I just want to be where he is. 
God, keep me humble, keep me hungry and keep my heart soft. Um, in order to know what is in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which manna is like translated into what is it? So God fed the children of Israel with what is it? It's like they didn't know what it was. Um, which neither you, uh, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now that's the same scripture that Jesus used when Satan had tempted him when he was fasting. We're coming up to that fasting season. We can just say to the enemy, well, I'm not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is the word? What is the now word that God has given you for your school? What is the now word that God has given you for your future? Hold on to that now word of God. What is he saying to you now? He's saying, stay hungry. He's saying, stay humble. And he's telling you to keep your heart soft. So forget not his benefits. Why? Because he heals all your diseases and he forgives all your sins. And later on, it talks about how he satisfies. He satisfies those desires. You know, the best thing that ever happened to me as a young girl when I was dating was Sam broke up with me. Well, that's not the best thing that happened. <laughs> but it was good for my heart. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, um, you know, um, boyfriend, tick, relationship, tick, I'm, a, I'm saved, tick. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had filled my life with this relationship and I'd forgotten about God in my life. And when he broke up with me, when he said, I don't see you in my future, it was devastating. I thought, how dare you? Like, you haven't heard from God. Uh, but I remember, like, my heart just being tested. It just felt like, Kathy, you have forgotten about me. You've just filled your heart with all this romantic, you know, all these romantic thoughts about Sam. Well, you've totally forgotten about me. And it was true. Like, my life was consumed with our relationship. Every Sunday I would see him, I'd talk about our relationship. During the week, it would be about our relationship. And then, you know what? It ultimately became just about us and not about God. Who brought us together? God brought us together. And so it was like God was challenging me. This is not the be all and end all of your life, having a boyfriend. That is not the, the goal. The goal is me, Jesus. And so what I learned from that situation is that only God can satisfy those needs in my life. Only God can satisfy all those longings, all those deep things, those things that I thought Sam could heal in my life. He couldn't. And so it was the best nine months of separation. Like I didn't think we'd ever get back together again. But do you know what God did in me? He strengthened my faith in Him. 
he showed me, you can, you can do a lot without a boyfriend. I'm like, oh yeah, I can. It's amazing how people think that's the goal or the goal is to get married, or the goal is to have children, or the goal is to have the best career in the world, or the goal is to be a worship leader, or the goal is, you know, it's all about importance. It's all about going up the ladder. But but God's saying to us, no, 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 it's about me. Are you hungering after me? Or is it about this list? And in the end, do you know what? We die. In the end, I know, bearer of good news, because we get to be with Jesus anyway. But in the end, we ultimately see Jesus. And I'm not accountable for your life, but I know I'm accountable for mine. And it's like, Kathy, what have you done? Have you been a good steward with your life? And all those moments where I've chosen something else other than Jesus, it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I just want to challenge, you know, like people who are my age, in their 40s. Like I see young people and I'm like, that's awesome, young people, stay hungry. You know, the challenge is when you're in your 40s, you can sit back and think, I've done my time. But you know what? Young people need more people our age. You do. Young people, you need us. Because sometimes you can make some dumb decisions, you know? And it's like, we've made those dumb decisions before. And so we need each other. And so if you're in here and you're a little bit older, it's like, come on now. Keep hungry. Stay hungry. You're not too old. The ship hasn't, like, sailed. Young people need you. And if you're in this room and you're young, remember your Creator. Remember your Creator. Remember that you have a future in Him. That it's not about relationships. It's not about, you know, having the career. It's not about, oh, I just want this perfect family. It's not about that. That's part of it. But that's not the ultimate. The ultimate is your relationship with Jesus.